This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life will be changed for the better. And I will never, 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 never. Come on, shake that Bible. Let me say, never, never, never. Be the same again. Now give two people a high five before you are seated this morning. Amen. We're in the middle of the series, four things you must confess, or four things we must confess. And listen, when we deal with topics like this, if you've grown up in a church like this, uh, don't just tune out what you're hearing. You know, in the, uh, in, the, in the parable of the sower in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, it tells us that the seed is the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God. And so the, it's the Word of God that's going to change your life. And not only that, but later down in that same parable, verse 15, it says, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the Word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So what do we have to do? We've got to, first of all, what? Hear the word. Everybody say, you got to hear the word. If you don't know what's in the Bible, you can't believe for what's in the Bible. But number two, you got to retain it. That's where some of us mess up, right? you got to what? you got to retain it. So that's why when we hear these things on a consistent basis, it's not just something we're going over just to go over, just to fill time, but it's important. So you got to hear it, you got to retain it, and then by persevering, you got to produce a, a crop. Now what's that? What's persevering? Persevering is consistent action, taking consistent action. So we've got to take consistent action. And anybody who is living for the Lord, anybody who is serving the Lord understands this. I mean, just this week, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit with something that came out of my mouth. Something that came out of my mouth. I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. I mean, you would think that we would have these things down so pat that we would never have anything come out of our mouths that shouldn't come out of our mouths. But how many of y'all know that's not the case? Amen? And not just that, but sometimes we get in situations and we got to keep our mind focused on what God's Word says about that situation. And the way we, one of the ways we do that is by watching what comes out of our mouths. Now, God's Word is a seed for what you need. You, when you plant the seed, you force the soil to produce. Everybody say, whatever, plants, whatever seeds I plant, I force the soil to produce. And that's what confession does. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. We've been going out of this scripture. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. 
So we are constantly eating the fruit of what is coming out of our mouths. So words spoken in faith will put positive pressure on your circumstances. You can force your circumstances to change for the better with God's word. You know, how many of y'all know, how many of y'all have ever been under pressure from somebody else? Anybody ever been under pressure from someone else? How many of y'all know that it's about time that you started applying pressure instead of always being the one, what, under pressure? See, this is what a lot of of Christians don't realize is you can apply the pressure to your circumstances. You don't just accept them for what they are. You don't just accept them as God's will. But you apply pressure to your circumstances. Why? Because the earth is under a curse. The earth is under a curse. You have to force the earth to produce. And the curse is out there, but God has given us dominion, and you have, the, you have to force the earth to produce. Everybody say, I have to force the earth to produce. Everybody say this. Say, I have to force my life to produce. How many know you got to force yourself to do things? Amen? you got to force yourself to do things. And God's power is in God's Word. And that's where the creative power is, is in His Word. So when we try to do things our way, like we were in that testimony, thanking pastors, thanking for the Word that they hear here, so that they don't have to learn it on their own. But when you try to do something your own way, when you try to circumvent God's way to do it your own way, you're going to cut yourself off from the power of God. I don't know about you, but I do not want to cut myself off from the power of God. Amen? So according to God's word, you are everything God says you are, regardless of whether or not you are personally experiencing all of God's word in every area of life. You have to understand this and realize that from God's perspective, you are everything that God says you are, regardless of your experiencing it in the natural at this very moment. So we've been talking about the four things you must confess, the four things we must confess. The first one we talked about is who you are in Christ. And the second thing that we're going to talk about now in what we must confess is where we are in Christ. Everybody say, where I am in Christ this very minute. Because to live a victorious life, you got to know where you stand in Christ. Because how can you force the circumstances of life to line up with the Word of God if you don't know you're standing in Christ? Or you don't know the power that you have in Christ? Then, if, that's not, if you don't know the power you have in Christ, if you don't know you're standing in Christ, then whenever you say something, It's just going to be a wish. And listen, when we say these things, when we confess these things, when we just prayed for each other, when we just said the things we said, these are not just positive things we're saying. These are based upon the promises of the Word of God. And those promises of the Word of God come with power and authority because of where we stand with Christ or where we stand in Christ. So when we talk about, we're talking about your position or your standing in Christ. I mean, someone might ask you, where do you stand on this issue? Or where do you stand on that issue? Or how about this? Where do you stand with so-and-so? In other words, what's your relationship like with so-and-so? 
right? But this is, well, that's not the most important question. The most important question is, where do you stand with God? Tell your neighbor, say, the most important question is where you stand with God. So to, to live in victory, we've got, we've got to know this. We've got to know, and we've got to remind ourselves of this on a daily basis. A daily basis. Many Christians live under oppression. Many Christians are defeated by the enemy simply because they don't know their position in Christ. They do not know where they stand with God. It's not because it's God's will for their life, but it's simply because they don't know where they stand with God. So the second thing we must confess is where we are in Christ. Everybody say this. Say, I have been crucified with Christ. So the first thing we see about where we are in Christ is we've been crucified with Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Everybody say it. Say, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, if you are trying to live your life outside of what Jesus has done for you, then you're going to fail. We cannot do what we do without the sacrifice, the burial, and the resurrection, and what Christ is doing right now today, this morning, on this beautiful Sunday morning. What he's doing right now. See, the life I live, I live by faith in what? In the Son of God. See, it says there, I have been crucified with Christ. This is what we call identification. Who do you identify? You know, we have this question a lot in the world today, right? What do you identify as, right? Well, how many of y'all know we identify as Christians? That was pretty weak. I said, how many of y'all know we identify as what? Christians. Amen. That's not just something we add on to our life, but it's something, it's, it's what we identify as. And this belongs to every child of God. Every single believer has this right, has this privilege. God sees us identified with Christ. When Jesus died at Calvary, you and I died along with him. Isn't that awesome? I never get tired of meditating on that. I never get tired of meditating on that. I mean, we just sang a song about how, how the price was paid. My debt has been paid. Man, doesn't that just bring joy to your heart? Doesn't that, see, the problem is, is sometimes we go through life and we take for granted the things that God has done for us. He has paid. How many of y'all know we ought to get up every single morning and thank God that he has paid our debt? He has paid our debt, Amen. See, we died along with him. When Jesus went in the grave, guess what? You and I went to the grave with him. When Jesus rose from the dead after three days and three nights, guess what? You and I rose from the dead with him. This is how God sees you. This is how God sees me. Now listen, if that's how God sees you and me, then that's how we ought to see ourselves. Right? That's how we ought to see ourselves. Has anybody here ever had somebody in your life that has seen you beyond what you were doing at that very moment? 
In other words, they saw your potential. They saw something that you could be, something that you could do. They saw something that you could what? That you could achieve, right? I mean, we had a, a young lady at St. Paul's who uh, was having issues. She had issues taking tests and quizzes, writing things down. She had issues with those type things. And look, people, you know, they want you to back off. They want you to, to do, you know, they want you to back off, make it easier for people. No, look, I saw in that young lady that she could do it. She could do it. And guess what? She, she worked hard. She worked hard. But then guess what? She did it. And then she went off. And she graduated from college in three years with honors. But see, it, you, but see that what I had to, you, you got to tell somebody what they can do. And then they have to start to see themselves that way. So whatever God tells you, you've got to have the ability to see yourself the way God sees you. So let's look at an example of this, how we apply this to our life. Turn to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. How do we apply this identification in our lives? For we know that our old self was crucified with Him. Everybody say, the old is gone. The old self was crucified with Him so that... Why were we crucified with Him? So that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. See, this is, this is how you apply what we're talking about to your life. We are done with sin. Why? Because we have been crucified with Christ. So I'm no longer a slave to sin. Verse 7, because anyone who has died has been freed from what? Sin. This is why I've heard pastors say on many occasions, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Stop it. Tell your neighbor, say, stop it. I'm not saying you know what your neighbor's doing. I'm just saying. Some of y'all felt conviction all of a sudden, right? And people say, man, that's harsh. No, no, stop it. You've been crucified with Christ. The body of sin is done away with. You are no longer a slave to sin. That excuse that you had, that I'm just a man, no longer flies. Because you are not just a man. You're a Christian. You've been crucified with Christ. You've been crucified with Christ. That old man is dead and gone. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am free from sin. Everybody say, I am free from sin. So you've got to learn how to see yourself the same way God sees you. You've got to see yourself the way God sees you. And remember, when you see yourself the way God sees you, what's going to happen? It's going to come out of your mouth. It's going to come out of your mouth. You ever played maybe a pickup basketball game or maybe you've, you've been around someone that, hot, that thought very highly of themselves? We have different names for those type trash talkers. Uh, you know, we got different names for those people, man. But it's coming out of their mouth all the time. All the time, right? Well, how many of y'all know if they can do that, how many of y'all know we should be doing it with the Word of God? It should be coming out what? All the time. All the time. Now, in my own life, I don't know about in your life, but in my own life, I've, I've seen this happen. As soon as my mouth gets off course a little bit, I, you know, you start feeling a certain way. You start thinking a certain way. You start taking on 
what we call the martyrdom complex. In other words, you start thinking, oh my gosh, everybody's out to get me. Oh my gosh, no one sees what I'm doing. Oh my gosh, blah, 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 me, 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 me. And that's because the word of God is not coming out of your mouth. You've got to get back to getting that word of God to come out of your mouth in any situation you face. In any situation you face. If you don't sense the victory in Jesus Christ in a situation, I guarantee you it's because you are not letting the word of God come out of your mouth. You're saying what everybody else is saying, or you're saying how you're feeling, or you're saying what this. How many of y'all know you can't say what you're feeling? If you said what you're feeling, you'd been fired a long time ago, right? Some of y'all know that person, right? They just said everything that they were feeling, and guess what? They don't work there anymore, do they, right? Unless you work at a government job, then they got a job for life. But that's, that's the exception to the rule, amen? Everybody say it. Say, I have been crucified with Christ. So where are we in Christ? Not only have we been crucified with Christ, but we have died with Christ. Everybody say, I have been crucified with Christ. Everybody say, I have died with Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For Christ's love compels us. It does what? It does what? Compels us. How many of y'all are excited to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. Don't ever forget those six weeks. Don't ever forget those six weeks. But why are we so excited to be here? Because his love compels us. Because he has done so much for us. We don't come in here with our face downcast. We don't come in here just kind of walking, oh my gosh, I got to go back to church today. No, we come in here with the joy of the Lord as our strength. When worship starts, we don't sit there and go, hmm, what you got? What you got this morning? Show me. Come on, come on. Come on. Show me what you got. No, no, no. We come in, man, as soon as, you know, we don't sing songs about sadness here. We don't sing songs about defeat. We sing songs about what? Victory. And when you come in here, man, when you say, we don't just, we don't just sing songs to fill time. We're singing songs for you. For you. To come in here and what? Lift up your voices. Lift up your hands, right? Say, well, I'm not a singer. Well, you don't have to be a singer. That's why we don't have you on stage. You can just... <laughs> Just sing right where you're at, amen? <laughs> and listen, anybody that's been in church for an extended period of time, we've all been around somebody that shouldn't be singing, but they're singing anyways, and that's okay, amen? Because the Bible does say, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, amen? But that's what? That's action. That's confession. That's confession. That's action, amen? So Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore, how many died? All. all. Everybody say all. all. Now, many Christians are aware that Christ died for them, but they don't know their position in Christ. Yes, Christ died for you. Yes, Christ died for me. But the truth is, we also died with him, as the apostle says, all died. Everybody say, I died with Christ. I died with Christ. So where are we in Christ? We've been crucified with Christ. We have died with Christ. But praise God, we've been raised with Christ. Everybody say, I have been crucified with Christ. I have died with Christ. 
Say, I have been raised with Christ. So you got to take it a step further. You got to take a step further and see that we've been raised with Christ. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Set your heart where? Set your heart where? On things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So we've got to set our heart on things above. Why? Because we've been raised with Christ. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells us we walk by faith and not, excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says we don't look at what is seen, but we look at what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is what? Eternal. Okay, so this is how the Word of God applies in your life right here. Why don't you look at your circumstances? Because I've been raised with Christ. Because, you know, Satan will come along, he'll send people along to tell you how ridiculous you are. You know, and people want to tell us how ridiculous we are. I think they're ridiculous. Right? I mean, I, th I think they're ridiculous. I mean, their lives are messed up. Don't tell, don't, don't come up to me telling me about my life when your life is all, all in a, in a you know, big mess. Right? You know, we don't take advice from people, you know, that have been married six times. You know, that's just not, that's just not smart. Tell your neighbor, say, that's not smart. If you've been married here six times, God bless you. Maybe the sixth one is the time. Make it work. Make it work. Make it work. But I'm just saying, right? And so what Satan likes to do is come along and he tries to tell you to look at this and look at that and look at, but see, I don't look at that. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 again. Since, what? Since then you've been raised with Christ. Because you've been raised with Christ. Because you're raised with Christ, you don't look at things below. But you look at what? Things above. In heaven. That's where my heart is. That's where my heart is. That's where my life is. That's, that's my perspective. That's where I come from. So when, when you, uh, a negative report, I don't look at that. I look at the fact that I've been raised with Christ. I've been raised with Christ. I've been raised with Him. So this is why we're not denying the reality of things around you. We're not denying the fact that your body might feel a certain way. We're not denying the fact that you even got a certain report. But we don't focus on that because that's not where we identify with. We identify with Christ who has been risen. And when he was risen, guess who else was risen? You're supposed to say Aaron Wood, but that's okay. We were, right? We all were. Everybody say, we all were. Right? All right, let's look back at Romans chapter 6 and see this again in Romans chapter 6. This, this principle, this truth of where we are in Christ and how we apply it to our own lives. Look, this is not just nice, fancy things to say. This is not just something that we've come up with that'd be eloquent. This is reality. I said, this is reality. This is how we live our lives on a daily basis. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that 
In or, everybody say, in order that. In order that. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too. Everybody say, me too. Me too. We too may live a what? A what kind of life? A what kind of life? New life. And to be honest, this is what this is what is frustrating about Christian worship music is because they don't quite make this connection a lot. Because they talk about Christ being risen, but the reality is we need a lot more good songs about how we are risen with him. Because people people believe that Christ was risen, and that's fantastic. That's great. That's the first step. But it's done he did it so that what? We too may have a what type of life? New life. So guess what? The things that used to hold you back and be your limitations are no longer your limitations. The things that used to have you bound are no longer have you bound. The things that you used to come from, guess what? They're gone. They're gone. You're living a new life. You're living a new life. Well, I just don't get very excited very much. Well, guess what? You're living a new life, and in heaven, they get excited. Amen. Why am I harping on that? I don't know. Maybe someone needs it to this morning. I don't know. But listen, maybe your breakthrough is the fact if you show a little more enthusiasm, show a little more enthusiasm. I said show a little more enthusiasm. Oh, he's just working the crowd. Listen, I'm not working anything. I'm trying to get an answer to you. I'm trying to help you out and get an answer to your prayer. Show some enthusiasm. Amen. 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 Show some joy. Some joy. Some joy. Amen. Amen. Healthy people are happy. Amen. Amen. Happy. Joyful. That, so that you live this way. It's a new life. It's new life. I mean, when you go with all your relatives, maybe they say, man, you're just different than everybody else. Well, yeah, that's a good sign. <laughs> that means Romans chapter 6, verse 4 is happening in your life. Because you got a new life. Look down at the same chapter, verse 10. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to who? To God. In the same way. In the what? You say you're a Christian, here it is, right here. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so you obey its evil desires. So see, in the same way, we're dead to all those things. We're dead to all those limitations. We're dead to all those bad reports. We're dead to all those perspectives that the world has, and we are alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Everybody say, I've been crucified with Christ. Christ. Everybody say, I died with Christ. Christ. Everybody say, say, I've been raised with Christ. Christ. Now say this. This is where the power is. Everybody say, I have ascended with Christ. And this is where a lot of Christians leave off. Man, you sing about the cross, they believe, they believe in the power of the cross, no doubt about it. You sing about the fact that he was buried, yes, he was buried for me, they'll believe it, no doubt about it. 
And you start singing about how he was raised from the dead. Yes, amen. He's been raised from the dead. Yes, absolutely. But guess what? There's another part to it. And that is, we have been ascended with Christ. With Christ. With Christ. Everybody say, with Christ. If what you believe about God's Word... Now listen to this. If, you, if what you believe about God's Word does not positively affect your daily life, then what good is it? What good is that kind of faith? Yes, we praise God that we're crucified with Christ. Yes, we praise God that we died with Christ. Yes, we praise God that we were buried with Christ. Yes, we praise God that we were raised with Christ. But there's more. Tell your neighbor, say, there's more. The most important thing and the part most Christians leave out is that we are ascended with Christ. Everybody say that one more time. Say, I have been ascended, have been ascended with, Christ. with Christ. What do we mean? We'll turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. It says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Everybody say, God's not a God of confusion. I had, a, I had a conversation with a relative within the last couple of weeks. Relative I don't really see that often. And unfortunately, after the conversation was over, I felt may, way more depressed than I did lifted up. And the, and the reason why was because, and they love God. They love God. They love God. They love God. But they're living in confusion. They're living in confusion. Now, this is a big deal. This is a big point of emphasis on myself. Uh, lately, just, you know, not just with the teenagers, but also just in my own life, is look, God's not a God of confusion, so He's going to make it clear to you. How many of you know, if you go after the Lord, if you seek Him with all your heart, how many of you know, He's going to make His will, His word, abundantly clear to you. Amen. Amen? Abundantly clear. And we see this here in Ephesians chapter 1 that what does he want to do? He wants the spirit of your heart to be enlightened in order that, there's that word, there's that phrase again, in order that what? In order that you may know the hope to which he's called you. Listen, listen, listen. God has not called you just to barely get by. God has not called you to have your pill jar and you got to take all your pills every single day. God has not called you to live in bondage. God has not called you to live in confusion. God has not called you to live and be at the beck and call of demons. God has called you to be free to be whole, to be healed, to have a happy home, to have more than enough. The hope to which He's called you. How about the second part here, right? The glorious inheritance. The riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. Tell your neighbor, say, I got an inheritance. The riches. The what? The what? What's rich more than enough? The riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. And 
Here's the third thing we got. His incomparably great power. Incomparably great what? Power for us who what? Any believers in the house this morning? I said, are there any believers in the house this morning? His incomparably great power. The power. So see, when we confess who we are in Christ, you got to confess what? Where you are in Christ. Because when you confess where you are in Christ, it brings power to the who you are in Christ. Because you've got the power, that incomparably great power. Well, what's that power like? Well, it's, I can't really compare it to anything because it's just so good, right? Incomparably great power for us who believe that power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms far above. Everybody say, far above. Everybody say, all rule. All rule. Say, all authority. all authority. Say, all power. All power. Say, all dominion. all dominion. Everybody say, in every title that can be given. Say, not only in this present age, but also in the age to come. Amen. How can you read that and be depressed? How can you read that and believe it? And walk away not with a strut in your walk because you know Jesus has not only set me free, but I am sitting with Him at the right hand of God the Father. Boy, I hope my prayer works. I hope my prayer. Oh, Lord, I hope my prayer works. There's no hoping about prayer working. I'm seated with Him at the right hand of God the Father, and Jesus is my mediator. Man, you can't have a better mediator. You can't have a better representative on the throne of God. So when I speak the Word of God, when I say the Word of God, when I line my life up with the Word of God, that's where I am seated far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion and in every title every single title every single title that can be made up and this is what this is what ruins it for a lot of religious people today in this present age in this present age Tell your neighbor, say, did you know this was available to you? This was available to you. It's available to you. Yeah, well, you don't know what I'm going through, Aaron. Okay, you're right, I don't. But guess what? I know what's available to you. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. It dwells in you. It dwells in you. See, we're above all authority that Satan has in this earth realm, even though we still live here. We're above all the power or strength of Satan, demons, curses, or anything else. Dominion means we have rulership or we have control. Everybody say, dominion means I have rulership or I have control. 
Yeah, but I thought God was in control. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. God put you in control. And you're saying God's in control, and you're just kind of looking at each other going, what's going to happen? I don't know. Then the curse happens. Then the curse happens. Yeah, well, you know, I prayed for it, and nothing happened. Oh, great. You prayed at one time. Great. God bless you. Read James chapter 1. Perseverance must finish its course. You got to persevere with the Word of God. You got to stand on the Word of God. You got to stand on the Word of God on a consistent basis. Everybody say a consistent basis. Everybody say it. Say, I have ascended with Christ. Say, I have dominion in Christ. I mean, if you can get these truths in your heart, if you can, med- you should be meditating on this on a consistent basis. A consistent basis. Man, you will be successful in kicking the devil out of your body, out of your home, out of your family, out of your finances. Man, if you can get this truth into your heart, change your life. Change your life. See, when you see yourself praying, you don't just see yourself down here on earth and God is somewhere out there and Oh my gosh, how's it get there? I don't know. And no, 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 no. When you're praying, you need to see that throne in your spiritual eye and see the Father sitting there and see the Son sitting next to Him. So that when you pray in Jesus' name, when you pray in Jesus' name, it's at the throne. It's at the throne. And then we know from 1 John, that when we pray, when, it, when what we pray lines up with His will, which is the Word of God, the Bible says we know He hears us. We know that He hears us. We know that He hears us. I'm not trying to take any power away from God. I'm simply exercising the power He's given me. I'm not trying to take any authority away from God whatsoever. I'm simply exercising the authority that he's given me. But see, when you say those things, when you say those things, you got to know that you have been what you, where you stand. Let me give you one more example. If somebody here today decided to get up, act like a crazy person, I would tell them to sit down or they're going to be hauled out. And then if they couldn't keep their mouth shut, I would tell the ushers, take them out. You know what I would not have to do? I would not have to go over there, run over there, get in my briefcase, pull out my phone, take it off airplane mode, because it's supposed to be silent. <laughs> Call pastor up and say, pastor, what should I do? There's a crazy person in the service. What should I do, pastor? Pastor, what should... Do you think I have to wait no, because I know my standing with pastor. I know my standing with him. Obviously, he trusts me a little bit. Right? 
I mean, trust me a little bit, right? So, and, and when I tell that person to sit down or they're going to be escorted out, I'm not doing that on my own authority. I'm doing that on the authority of the man of the house of, uh, the house of God here under Pastor Linger, Lingerfeld's authority, who is under God's authority. So see, I know my standing. And because I know my standing, I know my position. I know if something gets out of control, I know how to take control over it. I know how to get, take control over it. Right. You think we had to sit and go, everybody wait. I need to get pastor here. However long it takes him to get here, right? And then we'll, then we'll deal with it. No, no, no. I know my position in that relationship so that there's a certain amount of authority and there's a certain amount of power that comes along with it. So when you're praying, when you're praying, it's not just words. When you're confessing who you are in Christ, it's not just words. When you're confessing where you are in Christ, it's not just words. When you're confessing what you have in Christ, it's not just words. When you're confessing what you can do in Christ, it's not just words. It's backed up because you have been crucified with Him, you've died with Him, you've raised with Him, but you've also, what? Ascended with Him.